Hello, and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead. Episode 29. Episode 29. I'm sorry. I I, I got stuck. I'm Sally. <laughs> and I'm Ray. And I'm we're, trying not to laugh. Okay, we're talking about... <laughs> Y'all, we're just going to jump right into this one, and because we, we don't want this podcast to run terribly long. Um, <laughs> the book we're talking about today... Night Fire by Catherine Coulter. And I picked this book for a multitude of reasons. The first reason was that it is a Regency romance. And we had read another Regency romance by the same author for our last book. And so I wanted to compare The Sherbert Bride to, you know, a book she wrote 10, 15 years later, 17 nearly years 20. later, nearly yeah. 20 years later, to see how her writing style had changed, maybe if she had changed her heroes or her heroines. And so we I, we picked this book. And the other thing is, it was available relatively inexpensively for both Ray and I. So we, we went for it. And um, okay, I'll just read this the the quick synopsis on Amazon to you. It is a letter from Catherine Coulter to the reader. Dear reader, Ariel Leslie is a 16-year-old girl forced to wed Paisley Cochran, a sadistic old man who abuses her. When he dies, she believes herself free, but she's not. Burt Drummond, Earl of Ravensworth, a young man she'd worshipped three years before, is home from the wars and he wants her. When he catches her, he's in for an appalling surprise. Burke and Ariel are two people who have touched me deeply. Together, they face problems and obstacles never spoken of in Regency time. If you haven't read Nightfire, do give it a try. See if you agree with me that Ariel and Burke are two very special people. Okay. Ray is... That that was a noise from Ray. She's, <laughs> she's having trouble. Okay. I had a lot of trouble with this book. Okay, so let me say this. If this were a fanfic, I would be screaming for tags. Fair? Oh, yeah. I'd be. I'd have been screaming. In fact, I think that I'd have read the first chapter and not read any further. And the I'd have prologue. also possibly, yeah, I'd have possibly sent a very nice and honest email to the author explaining what I felt needed to be added as in warnings and I don't normally say this about books and in fact we talked about this last week in the podcast about writing how we found that warnings were quite a, a distraction and how in fact in a couple of weeks ago we discussed how eventually books are going to have to have an entire chapter at the beginning of them warn, uh, giving trigger warnings this book was considering we'd read another Coulter previously this book was jarring so jarring that is actually the exact word I would use it was jarring it was very it was startling it didn't feel quite like Catherine Coulter no in and fact I did I did want to in fact I, I was talking with a friend about this because I read this last week and I said to her it felt like it was written by a totally different author Mm -hmm. Well, and when I read it, I read the first, I read the prologue and immediately messaged you and said, yeah. I am so have sorry. Have you read this yet? You do not. I don't want you to read this if you haven't read it yet, I, because I wanted to steer you away from it. Like this is, 
Now it did get better after the first chapter, but then we regressed a few times, and I was just yeah, like, it did. "Oh my gosh!" Like it, if wasn't I could... it Etienne? Yes. Yeah. Now there's you, clearly you... some kind of mental issue in that family. Yes. So okay, so let, let's break this down for the readers real quick. Yeah. Ariel is a young girl. She's forced to marry Paisley Cochran. That is true. Her, basically, and, her brother sells her. Yes. And, and, and only, and, and it's like Whitney, my love, only no, 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 no. Okay. So, um, well, Whitney, my love, in the, in the hair, as in the heroine is sold into marriage, right? Yes. That's, okay. So that's Except what I'm only for, only for 15,000 pounds rather than a hundred thousand okay well then and... you're just putting her in a different class of so let's just not you know, yeah i'm just saying it's a trope that is in regency right so yes. that in and of itself is a trope and regency does not necessarily bother me it's one that's well known fair yeah that definitely trope. like i mean today it's horrifying but when you think of it in the regency context okay now Catherine coulter opens this book with the scene from the point of view of Paisley, who is her horrible husband. So we're seeing the first scene of this book from the villain of the piece, which in and of itself is just like so jarring. And then you don't really get into Ariel's head for some time. Like then you go into Burke's head, right? Mm -hmm. When he's like laying on a battlefield, Probably, and all he's, all and he's he seeing may is die. Her. Yeah, he may yeah. die. And all he can think about is Ariel three years prior as a 15-year-old. And so all he can think about is Ariel as a 15-year-old, how he loved her and he wanted to marry her. First of all, you knew her for 15 minutes. I'm not sure you loved her, but okay, I can accept love at first sight as a trope because... Maybe it's the fantasy of her because he's he knows that he's on the verge of death. Right. And he sees her as an escape. Yeah, but but I can... I can accept that, right? <laughs> but we still haven't seen Ariel, gotten in Ariel's head, and we're two chapters in. We're a prologue in the first chapter in. And so that's super frustrating for me because I want to be in the heroine's head. And then when we get into the heroine's head, because I'm a Gen Xer, I can't relate to her very well. <laughs> and And she really, Catherine Coulter really tries to deal with abuse within marriage and we're talking violent physical abuse yeah, within but, a marriage but then she, you see that she even said in the letter that she wrote to the reader mm -hmm. together they faced problems and obstacles never spoken of in regency time but to be fair during regency times and in fact until mid i'd say early to mid 20th century so maybe 70 years ago it was um abuse of your wife was still legal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and and we're not advocating that or saying that there's anything right no, about we're that, not by the way. No. <laughs> That's... Oh, no, no, not. But what I'm saying is these things were still issues 70 years ago, as recently as 70 years ago. Oh. And women until the 1970s couldn't even have a credit card or a mortgage mm -hmm. or a bank mm -hmm. account even mm -hmm. without their husband's consent. Mm -hmm. So there are a few things that... I mean, they weren't talked about and admittedly, they really weren't talked about and they weren't touched upon. But to read them in a book that you're expecting to have an HEA mm -hmm. is 
more than a little bit jarring, especially when it comes from an author whose previous books we'd read and they'd been quite lighthearted and jolly. Right. It's 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 a departure. And, and it's not that Catherine Coulter can't do that. She is welcome to do that. It yep. just... In the end, this is probably going to rank as my least favorite Catherine Coulter book. <laughs> because I'm not... Mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I'm going... I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go read the next one in this series. Even though the hero of that one is actually a character I like. But I, I can't... I can't... No. You're not the only one. I found, I I read this book literally in probably about two or three hours. And I found it very difficult to read. There were a couple of times where I was so tempted. If I hadn't been reading it for this, I would, it would have been a DNF. Mm. It would have been one I did not finish books because I found the characters were very well written. That we cannot deny. Catherine Coulter is a really good historical romance novelist. She really is. However, for me, this book didn't rate as a romance. And I know that elements of it, there was the whole Burke thing. And if you haven't read it, there are going to be spoilers in this talk because basically she escapes. Her husband chokes on a chicken bone. Partridge, I think. Yeah, something at dinner. A foul bone. Well, and they just sat there and watched yeah. him do it. I would sit yeah. there and watch him do it too, frankly. Yeah. And um, then she finds out that she's got no money. She wants to sell the house that she's been living in because she's been left it all. And she discovers that the um, estate manager and her husband's solicitor have basically been stealing from her and there is nothing less the house is mortgaged up to the hilt there is nothing and so she's like i just want to get rid of it i just want to walk away i don't care if i've got nothing well and initially then, she planned to sell it because yeah, she wanted to get away from burke she wanted yeah. to get away from burke who's the hero of the piece yeah and <sighs> then burke, burke essentially tricks her into marriage he marries her while she is almost insensible because mm. she's ill mm-hmm. and that for me is where he stopped being the hero when he tricked her into a marriage that she'd been quite upfront in not wanting that is when he stopped being the hero for me mm-hmm. and I know that he does a few things to turn himself around afterwards but at that point it was like are you kidding me she's made it very very clear she's not interested she doesn't want to get married and you're basically saying you know better than her okay Burke Burke realizes that she has been abused um, and he, he, he tries things that I'm not sure are scientifically uh, very good therapy <laughs> options. <laughs> well, I'm not, not sure, that, that. I'm not sure abused, but she's still a virgin. Yeah. I, I'm not sure she, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure his therapy methods are backed by good, solid therapeutic advice. That's all I'm saying. And um, basically he goes for desensitization. He goes for, you know, kind of pushing her to, to realize that he's different. And yet is he, because he's, he is, he is different. He is not Paisley Cochran. He's not taking a a crop to her. And he's not Etienne, her son, his son, Paisley's son. Yeah. His, or her brother for that matter. Her brother for that. Half brother. Half brother. Yeah. And, And it makes for some 
maybe I'm the only one who got the vibe that he, when um, her brother, what was his name? Evan? Evan, I think, yes. He, something like that. She showed him her back where, where Paisley had beaten her with the crop. And he reaches out and touches her. And that gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was like, oh, oh yeah. He, I actually did start thinking, is he actually her half-brother or is he her step-brother? Right. It was very disconcerting. The thing that I, I think the thing that struck me the most with this was that the characters were such high level of extremes because okay. every single character that wasn't really Burke or Ariel or is it Wolf? Do you mean Knight? Knight. Yeah, Knight, his friend. Every single other character is horrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. it's almost like they created this extreme of these are the three good guys so you've got to sympathize with them and everybody else is horrible no i mean even, even the housekeeper and her nanny and the everything else her companion they were all so despicable as characters they okay they had despicable moments and the housekeeper i could not quite forgive the housekeeper for wanting to fire the poor girl who'd been raped and, and being like, oh, well, she's fallen. She's a fallen. We can't have her here. What do you mean? What? And so, and that's another thing that Catherine Coulter tries to tackle is this whole notion of women being raped in the Regency and then being blamed for it and saying, oh, it's their fault. And this whole victim blaming thing. And I but get it- furious when people blame the victim. And she was clearly a victim here. Mm. And I get furious when people blame the victim. And Ariel's mad and Burke gets mad. And so culture uses this poor girl and her her rape and then her subsequent death as a way to help redeem burke in the eyes of ariel and that but it did also feel like it was a bit of a political lecture it was it was directed at people in the regency right yeah exactly when there is nothing you can do to change the opinions of people who don't don't exist any longer right and it, it did feel very much like a commentary on current situations as well for me. Um. Oh wow, that's a dog. Yeah, your dog's not happy. <laughs> I think that's I think that's Hunter. We also call him Six Two Six. Stitch. <laughs> Stitch. Stitch, because he does make off with people's left shoes and destroy everything. Anyway, moving along. So hopefully. 626 will be quiet here momentarily. Um, I, you know, I just, I don't read my romance novels. I don't read my romance novels for these reasons. And, no, me, and see, I don't either. And I, I actually, in the final analysis, I do like Burke, but uh, maybe he needs to be a hero in a different novel with a different heroine. In a different situation. One who hadn't been abused and sold and turned out that the one person she did, she'd trusted was the murderer. Yeah. That was a weird twist for me, though. Having said that, I started suspecting her probably about too. halfway through. Yep, 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 yep. I had, I had low-key suspicions of her. And then, of course, I got super suspicious of her, like, the page before she tries to murder Ariel. But... <laughs> because she she also by the way she also tries to murder ariel as soon as she realizes that ariel is, is enjoying herself enjoying herself with her husband like 
yeah that's the, that's the thing i think for me this this book was extremes it wasn't a book that had um any there was no light-hearted element to this book it was all bam 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 I'm gonna hit you with so many nasty traumatic events that you're gonna end up being relieved when you finish the book and I don't like I've, I went through that with college I don't need to go through it with my my recreational reading yes that's that's true and and like I said I'm if, if... you're sorry I mean, but it's not my fault. No, I know. We that's the thing. <laughs> Neither of us read if, this book before no, yet. If you if you love an author like Catherine Coulter and you've read the Sherbrooke Bride and the other ser- books in the Sherbrooke series, they're quite light-hearted. There's nothing massively serious in them. Okay, so Alexandra did get kidnapped and she did have a miscarriage and everything else, but there's so much other nice stuff that goes on. In this book, it is um, abuse, um, being sold, being tricked into marriage, getting terminal, getting very, very sick, um, a murder, a rape, a murder, another attempted murder, two attempted kidnappings, and oh, she almost died in a fire at the end. Yeah, and. <laughs> You've got all of these things and it's bam, everything happens to, if you think about it, every single thing, every single horrible thing you can think of happening to a person happens to this one character in a 400 page book. It felt a lot like, you know what it felt? It felt to me like a gothic romance. Yeah, but it didn't feel like a romance to me. That's the problem. I read it and I didn't. But for me, the gothic romances aren't romances, honey. They're, they're horrible. Um, but it did. But you're right. When you're enlisting all these terrible things that could possibly happen, it felt very gothic to me. Like, how many times that, is Miss Butterworth going to go over the the edge of the cliff kind of thing? But not yeah, in a funny way. Yeah, you think about it. There were about 10 bad things that happened over a book that was 400 pages long. So that's one bad thing every 40 pages. And, and that's it's not, not even, it's not I fell, I stubbed my toe. No, it's no, it's that's not that's not that's not counting the time when she got thrown from her horse like that. Oh, yeah, I forgot that bit. Um, forgot that bit as well. And I forgot the um, being forced to subjugate herself in front of her, her husband, elderly husband's illegitimate son. Yeah, that and, and, then, and then having to go back and kind of fight him and in the end she gets some catharsis because she refuses to break for him and all that stuff and that's yes that's good that's good she refuses to break and she's but did it all have to happen (laughs) was it all necessary i mean my question is was all of this did all have to happen because the author wanted it to happen yeah but i wish i hadn't read it and I never thought I'd say that about a Coulter book, but I wish I hadn't read it because for me, it almost destroyed my faith in her as an HEA. But she's written so many since then that I think probably have HEAs that are a little less dark. Yeah, but most, so... but most of the stuff she's written since then has been thrillers because really? she's done. Yeah, she's done the same thing, I think, as Julie Garwood did. She's changed her focus from medieval and and regency and folk and started writing modern thrillers with romance in them Mm -hmm. right so 
the modern stuff may well have HEAs, but it's also going to have a lot more modern day violence in it. And this for me was like, oh my God, what the heck am I reading? It was startling. It was incredibly. And it didn't feel, as I said, it didn't feel like a Catherine Coulter. It didn't feel like a book that was going to end well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ending was so, so sudden, I think. <laughs> we know that there are two other books in the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with everything that happened, it was like, bam, her father dies and she gets married off. Mm-hmm. Bam, her husband's abusive. Bam, he can't have, he can't get it up. So he blames her. Bam, he basically gives her to his son to have his way with her until she gets pregnant then he dies then she finds out that she's got no money and she (laughs) it's all these things you think oh dear lord how many things can a person go through because you think about it this is the sort of stuff that would be spread across about six different six different characters rather than just one Mm -hmm. and she's got a very vapid sister Lanny, Lanny, Lanny. She's so vapid. Sister, uh, he's, she is Burke's Burke, sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. So and the vapid. reason he became the Earl was because her husband died. Right. And he was in the military, right? So anyway. Yeah. But she's really vapid and annoying, in my opinion. And his, and, their, and her two children are bloodthirsty little things. They're definitely not your run-of-the-mill girls they're not but you know what that part of it might be that their dad died and so they've seen death at a young age and then also their uncle who is probably the next thing for them as a father is a soldier so they want to seek his approval and play you know boy games boy games with him yeah which is uh, with their dolls but I mean, it's fine. It's it's. I, I don't have a really. Problem, I mean, that that's that's neither here nor there for yeah, that's me. That's kind of cute. But yeah, exactly. There there was so much darkness in this book. Yeah, I would have is liked it? to have seen. I I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, the it's like the epilogue kind of shoehorns in, and I would have done better with the, the epilogue not being the wedding of Lanny and her second husband, but three years later, her getting pregnant and being happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, healed from this trauma. So, that if, if it this were is me... Catharsis. Yeah, if I, I needed that catharsis and I didn't get it, and I don't think I liked this book well enough to pick up the next two to get the catharsis for the first one. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I think that sometimes you look at a book and you think, oh, I'd love to have a happy ending. And then you think, well, I'm not going to get it in this book, but I'm not going to read the next one just to find it. Right. And that makes me a little sad because I really do like Catherine Coulter as an author. And she, she's really good and she's right. Burke and Ariel are special people. But this book is just not, not, not the one maybe for me. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I give Coulter props. She's trying to deal with some very serious things and she does deal with them. I just question if it was probably the best way to deal with them 
Yeah, and not I to agree be, with you. Not to be rude or mean or anything like that because I don't try to be excessively negative on the podcast. So that's just kind of where I am. Ray, you had something you wanted to talk about or you were? No. I, I, I can't, no, I By the way, I can't put this book on a chilly scale. I can't. No, I that's can't either. Much, I think... much, I need a book that's more fun to chilly scale it. Sorry. Yeah, I think that this book was just so full of darkness and it didn't qualify as a romance. For me, it didn't qualify as a romance novel because I didn't see any romance in it. If you're romanticizing abuse and a guy tricking you into marriage, then yay. But I can't. I can forgive him for that. But I mean, that's... Yeah, but then he damages her reputation in order to do it. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. And that's not romantic. (laughs) I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I can forgive him for that. But, yeah. Other things are a bit harder to stomach. Just the whole... I don't know. I... This one was tough. I and I if I had to pick another novel, it won't be this one. No. But thankfully, I'm not the next book pick. Ray is. Yeah, and I've just gone through my bookcase to find a book that actually will hopefully appeal to Sally and it's not dark and depressing and it's actually a supernatural. Yay, I love my supernaturals. It's um, by Lindsay Sands, and it's part of her Arjunot series. Okay. And it's an early one in the Arjunot series. I bought this, in fact, looking at the back of this, I bought this when I went to the States. So, <laughs> and I can't even remember when I bought it. It smells good, though. They always do. And it's the first book in the Arjunot series, which oh. came out in 2005. Okay. And it's called A Quick Bite. Okay. Oh, fine. The cover I and the cover I've got is a very, very pale man with a lipstick framed vampire bite on his neck. Okay, so is that the U.S. version? That looks like a U.S. cover to me. It is. As I said, I bought it in the U.S. So It's a U.S. cover. Okay, cool. I'll see if I can round that up. And, and actually, it smells lovely. <laughs> I have not read, I've read a couple of Arjuno books. I don't know that I've read this Arjuno book. I've got the uh, I've got probably about eight of the early ones. Mm-hmm. I haven't got any further because they're not easy to get over here. And in fact, I think I bought all of these when I went to the states for work, and I literally went into one of the cheaper bookshops and bought all of them in one go. Wow! Wow! Cool. And I ended. I think I, if I recall correctly, I ended up basically because we only had small luggage bags with us because we were there for work, and I literally spread my book shopping across my luggage, my manager's luggage, and my colleague's luggage. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> well, they're cheap. They were cheaper. I mean, this book was six ninety nine, six dollars ninety nine. However, over here it would probably be in about nine. Wow. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Well, do we have anything else we need to say? Um, just go and follow us on ISN Romance on Twitter or leave comments, likes and everything else. We love hearing from people when they've got something to say. And of course, 
Next, though, we've got a quick bite to talk about in our podcast about books. Next week, we're at uh, next episode. We're actually going to be talking about seasons, greetings, romance movies. So think the holiday. Um, Love Actually, New Year's Eve, that kind of film. And we're going to be talking about how they affect us and do we like them. They're one of my favorite. I actually spent the entirety of last weekend watching nothing but Christmas romance movies, but that's me. Um, So that kind of thing. So leave your favorites. And we did actually ask a question on our Twitter page last week um asking for suggestions of holiday films that you really love that have an element of romance in them but please do not suggest it's a wonderful life please (laughs) no we're not doing that sorry love you (laughs) (laughs) okay so we will be back with a christmas focused episode the week after next and for now i'm gonna say keep on searching for your happily ever after and i would remind you that romance isn't dead it's alive and well on your bookshelf bye bye